Welcome to the Common Briefing Program. Uh, we are part of the Common Geeking Program, uh, where at the beginning of each month, we recap the news. Uh, we always look back at the at the previous month of geek news, and we bring you the hottest headlines uh, to deliver the most uh, impactful, interesting, or important stories uh, that we feel you need to know about. We top it off at the end by uh, exerting our journalistic prowess <laughs> and... And, uh, and deciding a it's top to story it. for the month, the thing that we think you should care about the most. Is that journalism? Like that. No. It's the closest Maybe? thing no. we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... My name is Colin... Uh, oh, no, go no, ahead. it's not. It's not. <laughs> My name I don't is Colin Ketchin. I am the I am the host of the Common Briefing program. Uh, these episodes come out the first Friday of every month, and I am joined this month by returning correspondent Me, Austin Austin Liebers. That's my title now, correspondent Austin Liebers. It's a pleasure to be here, Captain. <laughs> I could hear the whoosh of that salute in your <laughs> microphone. Uh, and then I'm joined by Jeff. One more month, and you may become a correspondent oh, yourself. God, I'm gonna have to find something else that I care about next month. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay i honestly had a tough time this month too because i have been like busy as shit with getting a new job and dice populi and just like a lot of well, there's a, a there's lot of a big old big eating. old story this month <laughs> uh yeah yeah there is there's one big story that i think i know what you're talking about and i'm th- and, uh i imagine we might just set aside some time to discuss that in general it was such a big story that that i was like oh i can't bring that because i'm for sure going third and someone's gonna bring it up before i do (laughs) oh yeah i'm not sure what story you guys are talking about at this point in time that's because you don't care as much about the story as i think we do i think Uh, think you'll know it when you hear it okay yeah but but with that in mind uh before we jump in how are how are you two doing how's your how is your, this is a Wednesday evening that we are I'm, recording this. You know, I'm living my life. I just got uh, done teaching a class. So. Nice. Oh, hell yeah. Wait, you get to teach classes yeah. in that hoodie? What am I doing wrong with my life? <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a substitute Pokemon hoodie for the audience who can only hear me. Delightful. Austin, what were oh, you about to um, say? I think most things are going pretty well. Uh... I um I may have sent an email to a listserv that was much larger than what I intended to. Oh, so no. that happened Uh-oh. today, Uh-oh. I think, or late last night yesterday. I don't know. It was it, everything's gonna be fine. Uh, That's like the one time that my uh, my aunt meant to send an email to like a bunch of my family members that was talking shit about my grandmother, but she accidentally cc'd my grandmother and on the email. Yeah, luckily I wasn't talking shit. It was just like <laughs> business things, but not everyone needed to know about the business things. Yeah. So like it was annoying mm. at worst. Yeah. Oh well, I I have some for you. In my many years working for uh, Apple Incorporated. Uh, I was I was a retail uh, employee, and and I uh, it's not normally the most glamorous way to describe it, but it's important because Apple has like sixty seventy thousand retail employees, yeah. right? And it's been a bit of a rarity, at least toward the end of my tenure there. But uh, sometimes people would try to send an email to their entire store group, and instead they would send it to, to every Apple retail. Oh employee. no! They just emailed Apple, and. <laughs> 
So you get one email and then you get 500. Hey, I don't think I was supposed to get this message. <laughs> oh my God, that reminds me. And one people, time, and, uh, and, and like 80 people saying, don't hit reply all. Don't hit reply all. And like someone I knew working in my store who would just send gifts the whole time, just trying to like fucking start up. That oh happened God, one God, time in my undergrad at, uh, at University of Rochester is the uh, the college sent out an email to everybody. But there was like, <clears> there's some function that like enabled people to reply all to it where normally they wouldn't be able to so then it just started this like huge fucking spam chain where people were just like sending fucking memes to everyone in the fucking college it was a nightmare (laughs) i i loved it that was my favorite thing to like clock into work and just scroll through like i was just like oh it just felt like i was like watching it started so many memes it was just what, yeah, just following the thread of people realizing that they are part of the problem every time. That it's <laughs> yeah. just, I don't know. It's, I love it. It's so good. So, wait, no, what's the big story that. So let's actually, let's start uh, with that. Yeah. Well, I think we're each going to get our time mm-hmm. to talk, but I think we're all going to have some hot takes on this big story because it's maybe uh, outside of, you know, important things. In the entertainment world, probably the biggest news of August yeah. uh, 2019, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. That's that's pretty big. I yeah. just, it just, <laughs> yep, that happened big. a couple yep. weeks ago and I was like, oh, it's, it did, it's but so like, passe. Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> that was I'm gonna last, recap. That was last August, not this <laughs> August. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to recap very briefly because everyone listening to this clearly doesn't know the story. Uh, in 2016, because Sony owns the film rights to use the character of Spider-Man, uh, Kevin Feige and the folks at Marvel Studios and Disney made a deal with Sony to say, hey, you foot like almost all the money, we do like all the creative shit, and that way we can financially coexist and share the licensing to this character. And... Everybody was very happy about that. And then Spider-Man came out with his highest grossing, highest rated live action film ever, Spider-Man Far From Home. And he got to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which was... Yeah, and it was and it was a lovely endpoint uh, to his, to, to like follow up on Avengers Endgame. And then negotiations fell through to renew the licensing agreement. And Spider-Man is legally no longer allowed to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, which means all the setup that they did for us kind of doesn't matter anymore yeah. and or at least as of right un- now right like it's not like as of right it's now it's not impossible it, it for it to be picked back up and they might be playing with each other but they they could yeah. be um it's interesting that sony's stock took such a tumble well, and like fuck that. I, clearly disney is well the yeah but i think yeah. like you know you got those things started like there's on twitter the hashtag uh there was like an anti sony hashtag going around yeah which mm-hmm. like i'm yep. not one a to stick up for a large corporation or b to just peddle conspiracy theories but like I do wonder a little bit if Disney was like, oh, yeah, we'd love it if people just hated Sony. And I don't know. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, to Disney's point, it it puts pressure on Sony and for Sony to give Disney what it wants. They are like weaponizing the fan base, uh, either intentionally or not. I am happy, though, that Um, at least like a few days later, I started seeing a lot, a bunch of memes about like people saying like, Oh, I was originally blaming Sony, but then I realized it was all Disney's fault. Oh no, what have I done? Yeah. And it's like it's yeah, good to have no, at least seen I, some of that, but <laughs> 
yeah, some self-actualization on the fandom's <laughs> part. But I guess uh, I guess I just kind of want to kick off some general discussion about this well, because really the only news is they might start negotiating again yeah. soon. But we have no idea where that's going to go. In the meantime, all we know is Sony's going to keep making Spider-Man movies. Marvel's going to keep making Marvel Man movies. Marvel Man movies. Marvel Man. I mean, I do want to bring Captain up like some of the, Marvel, I, I, at least as I understand them and remember them, the, the facts of the situation is that like what actually went down with this deal, as I understood it and for what I read, and feel free to correct me where I'm wrong, and probably am, um, Disney brought the deal back to Sony, and instead of getting the uh, basically 5% of earnings on opening night that they had before, as well as merchandising rights, question mark? I think they had, yeah, they had, yeah, they, yes. they had but they, they have 100% of the merchandising profits, right? right? Like Sony so doesn't they brought have any the, hand. They brought so, the yeah. deal back saying, hey, what if we now just get 50% of everything? Is that There's right? There's a lot of debate about what the percentage was. Some people say it was 20 or 30 mm. or 50. Uh, but I. But then there are also sources that say uh, that Disney was um, also offering to foot the bill for the percentage that they would earn. Right. So that Disney wouldn't just get more money from it, but they would also put money right. into it. And there are so many conflicting reports. Like I don't. Yeah, know that I, that is also what I saw that they yeah. that they wanted to contribute to financially, but they like I think that it did end up being like a more profitable situation for Disney, which makes sense because that was oh they yeah. wouldn't propose something that was worse for them, and Sony was basically like yeah. no, but we'll keep the original deal, and Disney said no to that. That's kind of my understanding yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, the big thing is Sony like has needed a hit for a while yeah. for and to cut into the like their first billion dollar franchise like this, well, billion dollar movie in one of their most successful franchises. Yeah. Uh, that that has a lot more ramifications for Sony than it does for Disney because Disney is like the only. I mean, like minus the sort of net loss they took on the Fox acquisition this year. Um, like they are the only consistently successful, profitable like film publisher yeah, they in just, the United States. They don't right, but like it's know. not just they 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 make that the case, right? Like yeah. they they pour so much money into things and go like advertising, taking advantage of star power, using people's nostalgia to create mediocre remakes of old movies. Most notably, The Lion King. I haven't heard a single good thing about that movie. Um, really, I've heard, it was gorgeous. I've heard a I, lot of good things liked it. about it, and that's bothered me because I watched and I was just like, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so like, they my can thing just, was it. I don't know. We don't need to talk. Yeah, about no. The they Lion just King, have the I've got <laughs> the resources to make it the case that like if they have yeah. all of the top spots, of course, other movie companies are going to suck. Yeah, entertainment. Yeah, well, no, it's I I think it, it's like appropriate leveraging for Disney, but okay. But business things aside, like yeah. I'm upset. Like I'm upset, upset because because Tom Holland going is into great the and it was going so so many good places. Yeah, I mean, so I'm it, I'm what? kind of. I'm kind of torn on it because like on the one hand, I really did like Tom Holland as Spider-Man and I would enjoy to see him as more Spider-Man. But like I was getting a little bit a little bit frustrated with like the like thinking about it over and over again, like just the way that they rebooted it to make uh to, to like they sort of hijacked Spider-Man's backstory to make it into to make 
Tony Stark, his like father figure, who yeah. is then responsible for all of his successes. And eh. the 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 Tony Stark of it that that sort of got my goat a bit in Homecoming, not because I thought it was a bad decision for the story, but because I wanted more Spider Man yeah. than Iron yeah. Man. I didn't. Uh, and Far From Home, I think, rectified that a really? lot. It felt much more Peter Peter. I mean, I didn't. I didn't because it, it wasn't about these other characters. It was about how he perceived yeah. the other. Yeah. Characters. I mean, personally, I didn't mind it in Homecoming because it it was such like the start to it and but it but like then i was like okay well clearly they are changing his origin to be a lot more tony centric which is fine i think it fits within the mcu as long as they get around to making it spider-man yeah. and then by the time far from home came out like i still love the movie but i i agree that i was also kind of getting tired of like does it really have to all be about Tony and what Tony did and like all the villains are Tony motivated it's like especially since like it's not just a it's not only like ruining Spider-Man's storyline but I'm just still like I still don't think that uh Tony's character development makes him a hero to be to be uh idealized in the way that the movies seem to want to leave him like oh he sacrificed his life to save the universe and he's the hero and stuff but like also we still never really got past the war criminal stuff in my mind I don't know (laughs) I think the movies did a good job of of moving past <laughs> yeah. that. If it, I mean that that's the argument that I would make. Um, but but like that aside, I think the thing that upsets it, like Marvel's got so much coming out with you know Disney Plus has mm. all this original shit on it, and then they have all these new movies that are coming out. And I almost just kind of want to say, like, I'm done. Not out of, like, a butthurt sense, but out of a, this is the thing that made me more excited. This is the thing that after I loved Avengers, I actually like Ultron a lot more than most people. I loved Ultron. I don't know why people hate that movie so much. And then they brought in the thing that made me care about it. And every time that you saw him, it got more and more, like, emotionally necessary and, like, emotionally core to how this was presented and discussed and that the business side says no we can't do that yeah. anymore sure i get it that's <clears throat> what the business side does the that that's how, its function it's to determine what can be done but for me as a fan it's like okay well you took away the thing that i cared about the most uh you're about to integrate a bunch of new stuff into it and who knows like what other things could like fall in or fall out it's one of those things that w- once the trust is broken and I, I, this sounds overdramatic, but it's it's like once someone in a position of power violates your trust, it's like yeah, I mean, it, like, it should make and this it, more like, blatant to any of us who like weren't already aware of like the, what mm-hmm, Disney is yeah. actually doing here. Like they don't really care that much about the stories they're telling, aside from how they can use that to create large numbers at in, yeah, in the box because office. Because I guess. Kevin Feige, uh, again, according to some of these reports, was really pushing to, like, get a deal to work, but it was, I think it was Alan Horn, who's one of the board members of Disney, who was just kind of, like, either sick of it or didn't want to put that much money forward, and he just said, no, Kevin, you're done, you can't do that anymore. And uh, so it's like the creatives want to do the creative stuff, but But yes, Disney as an entity (laughs) does not give a fuck. And it stinks, and I really hope that they find a way to work it out, but even so, like, my passion for this particular franchise has definitely been dulled a bit. But, you know, at least it's at a good jumping off point. Yeah, I mean, part of me just kind of wishes it ended at Endgame, honestly. Just because, like, I'm excited about all the stuff that's coming up. Well, not all of it, but I'm excited about a lot of the stuff that's coming up in the future for the franchise. But, like, I'm, I'm, like, this long-running franchise is kind of new grounds to tread. And I've got a sort of angst about it where it's like, well, if they keep going for too long, it's just going to start getting bad. And it's going to 
stop like having anything to do with the way it started and live in a different sort of world from itself like right. a lot of tv shows sure. do you know you, you think know? of it where like you uh tv shows where this happens where like later yeah. seasons you're just like what the fuck is going yep. on like um, lost I think, and I mean, well if you yeah, want to yeah. talk about like cross-platform franchises that deal with a lot of fatigue and decline in quality I'm a Star Trek fan. The MCU has oh happened before. God. I've been through it, and yeah. now we're in a Star Trek fucking renaissance. So let Marvel die with the death of Spidey, and in 15 years, it'll okay. be great. Well, I'm but just like, saying, like, also, having things think... have a satisfying ending is is a worthwhile thing <laughs> yeah. sometime. And I think the ending game was a satisfying ending, yeah. as much as I may be excited about, you know, like, uh, Far From Home and, like, the next Guardians and Thor Love and Thunder. Like, it's all stuff I'm fun. sure I'm going to enjoy, yeah. but, like, the farther that it goes on the more i might just be like can you just start telling new stories that maybe are in their own universe and let this one live as its little bubble well you know well, like yeah, i get I, why yeah. they don't do it but i don't know and, and i think this this like it, it brings to the fore like how insidious their plan is where like you know at least mm-hmm. when yeah. it, it was just a tv show right where you paid you right. already paid a subscription to cable or it was on a tel- on a on a uh like a first one syndication that you didn't care about right right so like when it's a tv show you feel like you've invested time and effort into watching the show and that's bad but here you invest time and effort and then you have to either i mean you know i would never suggest that anybody pirate movies made by giant blockbuster studios because that's illegal um wink but i think that like this <laughs> but <laughs> this, i feel like if it doesn't happen more and more people are just going to find themselves like increasingly committed to this franchise this like the MC, the cinematic universe right because they're like i've they, they they've got the sunk cost fallacy they're like i've put so much effort into oh, yeah. and money into yep. this story that like i need to see it through but it's just sort but of it's like never going. gonna have an ending yeah, yeah it's yeah. just sort no, of going yeah. until like the world burns up or that's something. why honestly yeah. with this news i feel like i'm not gonna be the only one who is like this is a great point to jump ship narratively it's satisfying they are changing the yeah. way it's running and also like other things like i used to watch like every rooster teeth video that they put out and then it got to a point where they put out so much shit i was like i can't I don't have time. Uh, so I kind of fell off Rooster right. Teeth. Same thing happened with the Arrowverse. I would watch all the Arrow shows. And then I was like, oh I God. don't like half of these. And it's fo- and, yeah. <laughs> and it's four hours a week. I'm done. Like And, and with yeah. Disney Plus, with all the shows they're coming like, out with. Once the quality started dipping to like, hey, everything is just an advertisement for the next big crossover episode. Like, yeah. I Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it was yeah. so cuz like it's funny cuz like the way that I think about like the Arrowverse and CW shows right now is like so different from how I thought about it, it during like you know Flash season 1 and Arrow season 1 and 2 where it's like wow I I, I remember watching those shows and thinking like wow these are like yeah. really good and now the way I think about it now is like yeah that whole franchise is just a huge dumpster is, fire and it's like it's such <laughs> it, a turn. Yeah, no there's there's so much going on there all right well I think that that's that that's a decent amount of time to to dedicate to one singular <laughs> topic uh I have a oh, feeling man. that's going to be our top story just for the scope of it but like oh, Oh my but I would like to move on to here. some more uh, journalistically integral uh, information. Oh, man. So you should probably go to Austin first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, guys. Uh, this this is kind of a, a, a more of a niche one, but I've been super excited about it. Not because I think... It, well, I really it, hope the, the audience can hear the smile important. I can so see. So in, in August, uh, uh, Smash Ultimate released the... The hero of Light Fighter, the hero. Did from you bitch the about Dragon this one on an earlier briefing? Yes, program? when I said like when it was they announced, announced it. Yeah. But like the thing is, it became so much bigger once they uh, once they actually released mm-hmm. it because it's caused is he out? so much. Yeah, he's out and he's caused drama. 
Uh, he's the Are first you talking about his orientation? That, um, he's out and he caused eh. drama. The way you said it was just very No, I understand, but I'm just like in in the story here, okay? So uh, when we when we saw the preview <laughs> stuff too for deep. him, we gotta he pull him like up. <laughs> he's just another sword character. He does some magic shit, and we're like, yeah, that's Dragon Quest. Okay, whatever. Um, But uh, as soon as he was actually released, people learned how he worked and how you play him, and suddenly uh, competitive smashers uh, uh, on several different continents were just like, no, we need to ban this guy. I hate it. Um, he's, the, he's like really OP? Well, kind of, but not really. The problem that they have with him is that there are a lot of mechanics that, uh, that Hero uses which are completely random. So he's got, like, so Hero uh, has, uh, like, an MP bar the Smash that Brothers is, goes above box his- doesn't seem particularly accommodating to RNG. Yeah, well, here we go. Let me let me introduce right. you to some of the things that he does. <laughs> okay. So it's got the um. So the hero has uh an MP bar, which goes down as you use special moves. Okay. Um. And so like so this is this seems like more of a like a, a skill based thing where like you know you charge up the the normal B attack, you shoot a ball of fire. It uses an amount of uh MP re- like relative related to how long you charged it up uh similarly for the uh his recovery like makes this whirlwind that shoots him up in the air but it does less as you use le- less mp on it and if you try to recover with no mp you're shit out of luck however it's like a stamina uh, bar uh kind of hmm. kind of but it like magicka points you could think of it or mana points i don't play dragon quest so i don't know what Man, it actually stands all for all the dlc characters are too fucking complicated no 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 no. <laughs> but this is see like you think that's complicated but it's no more complicated than robin is already um yeah yeah no, i don't like robin that. for that same reason either uh, but uh even shelf yeah, is I too can't much do for me heroes down b opens up a menu that goes over your character, uh, your character p- portrait. What? So you look at a menu, and Wait, what's on yeah, this menu? Mid gameplay, you you bring you pull uh, up yeah, a menu. like a menu. It just covers your character portrait. So your character stops moving and like puts his hand puts his hand on his chin, and you're in a menu. Um, other people can't attack you while you're doing this, and so they can knock you out of it. Anyway, so the menu. There are four options on the menu. These are random options chosen from a pretty large pool of different things. And once you choose an option, he uh, does a special move. So uh, there's a pretty large pool. You can, some of the options. You mean the menu is different every time you open it? Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's a finite number of combinations, but yes. Okay, but like, it's not the same thing. No, it's not and the then same the things have things. a random it's, effect. It's a menu with four items on it. And you get to choose one of those four oh items. Oh my God. <laughs> the Pokemon player in Jeff is so stressed out right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i want it's just the four options i don't need okay, anymore guys, so 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 that's random um and some of but some of the options are absurdly powerful um there's a self-destruct spell that you can which will kill you but at, at almost any percent it can ko other players depending on where you are on the map it'll just like pause God. you there's a little wind up and then you explode and so does everyone else who's within like a pretty large radius so there's an even better version of that which is called magic blast where you you just like eat the character like has this big purple sphere of magic expand around it that's like absurdly powerful and it just kills things within a large radius. There is a there is a there are some that are slightly useless, like uh one that turns you into metal. You just can't do anything for a couple seconds, but you're also invincible. Unless there's another uh, option that uh you can get called metal slash, 
where you just do a slash with your sword, but it'll kill anyone who is currently made of metal who gets hit by it. So weird oh stuff like that. There's one that shoots you up into the air and then down uh, out of the air on, on the other side of the screen. How are you supposed to um, learn exactly. that? So this there's is the problem with competitive characters Smash. In Smash. But, but there's even better. There is one option called Hocus Pocus, which will randomly assign you one of the effects from any of the other uh, spells. So you can just <laughs> choose that if you want to do a Hail Mary. Um, I feel like that should just always be an option, honestly. <laughs> I don't like honestly, it better I feel like we... the whole move should just yeah, be that. I feel like there should be a Hocus Pocus button. Not a, like, at least take the take the agency out of it. Jeff doesn't believe yeah, this. Right. So, um, like, limited agency. You know, like, yeah, it's like, so, you know, like, Mr. Game & Watch's hammer that you have, like, the 1 to 9 thing, right? Like, that's fine. So if it was just something like that, but, like, with different effects, but you really didn't have any control over it, but, like... Yeah, but, like, the, the, the variation in what the effects do and how useful yeah. they are is so wild. Like, there's one, you can, you can put an enemy to sleep and then just go charge up a smash attack and kill them. Also, there's, like, you can get spells that'll buff your speed or give your attacks a chance to do critical hits. So that'll just kill people at, Jeez. like, 40%. Would you, would you say that the hero is a playable character while completely ignoring this function? Um, or does it, like, does he need it to really be viable at all? No, so I think, like, hero's playable. You can do stuff with his other abilities and things. It's just that, uh, so people have a problem with the down B because it's anti-competitive in that it's it puts players in situations where like there's nothing they could do like about. there's no way yeah. to play around something because even the person who's playing hero could not have foreseen what they were about to do I, i'm i'm betting that on the design side to. because the, one of the big things is in a game like this uh every move needs to be telegraphed to the other players so that they can see what's happening and react to it i i bet on the right. design side they were thinking oh if we put the menu on the screen then everybody can see it but they, well, but yeah, so, right. I feel like in practice that puts an un, it's it, basically it puts like an undue burden on the other player, and it also requires everybody to memorize this ridiculous thing and be prepared for all the variations. Yeah, yeah. it's basically yeah, so, like playing against someone with the fucking five pieces of goddamn Exodia in their Yu-Gi-Oh deck, right? Yeah, there's <laughs> or, not a lot of interaction. <laughs> it like because once you see someone pull up the uh, the menu, you have to make a decision whether or not you are close enough them out of it. You have to decide whether the options that are on their menu are dangerous enough that you should yeah. react to them in a way that is offensive or defensive. You need to know how to play around each of the different moves. Some of them seems kind of impossible. Yeah, yeah. that's fucked because but if yeah, you want to just main a character and only know that character and just like know the general basics about the other characters, you're basically like required to know a fucking encyclopedia about this one guy just because someone might be using him at some point. Yeah. So like, that's kind of screwed up. So like a lot of the options seem super powerful. Like if the character had reliable access to them at every moment, it would be like obvious. It would be a very obvious ban just for being overpowered. But the randomness also yeah. like takes away from people's ability to play competitively, and that's a whole thing. Um, which yeah. I can agree with. But on the other hand, it's also fun to watch like pro Smash players get mad because uh, so many of them <laughs> are just like not great. Well, yeah, it's it's always fun to watch someone get mad because something isn't happening the way they think it should be happening. And, like, I've been that yeah. guy playing games. I'm like, no, you're supposed to do it this way. You can't play Samus every uh, time. Like, that sort of thing. So, <laughs> Yeah, but also I, I think, like, this is this is another thing where it's like the character seems overpowered probably is it's he's definitely on the stronger side right and like he's a very flashy character and is probably going to be very popular online especially once people actually learn how to 
like optimize him in whatever way you can try to optimize such a random character um but like it's 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 kind of frustrating for people who the answer to hero will be banjo kazooie maybe yeah which (laughs) i don't think really counts for this but banjo kazooie is out today i guess i need to get online oh really Uh, yeah i didn't realize that we just got a message from time will about that actually um but yeah, it seems to me that like this is this is more of a thing like that where Nintendo, I don't know if Sakurai and his team or whoever was working on this was like, we want to make here absolutely fucking bonkers. Or if this was a thing <laughs> where like Nintendo said to Sakurai, hey, we want Hero to, to advertise powers. this game. <laughs> yeah. So we need Hero and to he, be he's got to be able to do everything. Striking. Yeah. Uh, we only have like 16 moves we can put into these guys. Nah, just put the just put like everything in one move. <laughs> yeah, um, which I feel a little bit uneasy about that because it's like, well, but what if I like playing other characters and it will not feel very good online to play my favorite characters, but realize that like there's just a character who I may not be able to deal with, especially at my skill level, just because I can't predict an RNG machine. I don't know. Yeah. So it it's it's caused some controversy. I think the character is fun, especially for like, you know, people playing non-competitively. Like it's fun to do oh, silly yeah. things and just like uh, there have been people who decided to play Hero Dittos where you just uh, where you're only allowed to use the down B, which is the menu move. So like people take turns <laughs> doing it. Um, that's so good. Yeah, it's just sil- you can do silly things and it's fun, but skill expression kind of takes a hit uh, when a character can do that, and it is, seems kind of sad. So that's the my my big thing for uh, this month, I think. Gotcha. Because the Smash community is ungodly large in the world. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you want, uh, I have another thing, but we could keep rotating. Uh, right yeah, I'm gonna throw some stuff out there. I got a I got a couple small things. Um, so. The first thing uh, that I want to say, I'm sort of narrow casting here because I don't know. Can how... I, um, hey, Con? Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, Jeffrey. Just gauge how interesting you think your stories are because I think that probably th- this is for like an outside of outside of showing up on the podcast note. I think that the things I'm talking about probably won't be good ending things just because I don't I don't think they're going to be generally like super interesting to a lot of people. So we don't want to plan around <laughs> that. Just for your all right, Jeff. Two things. One. I'm leaving that in. Two, you're going next. What's okay. up? Three, no metagame. <laughs> <laughs> going next, like, right now, or next, like, after you? Uh, next, right now. Yeah, why don't you go next? I got a couple small things, and then one, I guess, sort of big thing. We'll yeah, see. I think if you've got a big thing, that's probably going to be something good to end on. Not that, oh, like, wink. so the, the first thing that I want to talk about is just an update to my story from last month, the mm-hmm. uh, the, the crowdfunded Unicron yeah. thing. All yeah. I, all I could so, think of was the Great d- Depression, but I knew that was Austin. Two days... <laughs> Two days before the uh, before August thirty first, which is when it was supposed to end, Hasbro announced that they are extending the deadline to October. Oh, they 6th. really want to make that oh. motherfucker. Yeah, they, they. So this is you know led a lot of people to probably correctly assume that this thing is just goddamn yeah. getting made, and they're just going to keep pushing it back until. Right. So the the reason that they picked October sixth oh is uh, that's the end of New York Comic Con. Mm. Uh-huh. But it was actually kind of looking. It was actually kind of looking like it might might make it um, because like like four days before like four or five days before August 31st, it was still at like 2000 something. And then it shot up to like 5000 within the span of like a day and a half, (sighs) including myself, maybe. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I'm very happy that I don't have to pay six hundred and fucking twenty dollars, which is what it ended up Mm. being after tax till October 6th. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's really goddamn nice. Um, but 
So then, like, a couple days before the thing, they announced it. And now, since that announcement, it's pretty much stayed at 5,000. Like, it stopped going up after that. And I assume that it's not going to really go until up again until, like, Comic-Con. the week before October yeah. 6th, too. So, yep, yep. yeah, I mean, yeah. they might generate a lot of hype about it at Comic-Con. But, um, yeah. Well, because, no, that's if you great, have any comments at on that, we Comic-Con, can talk about it, but... they can take out a prototype or an early model and show people, oh, yeah. this is the fucking thing. They can put up a booth and with just, like, a fucking so QR they already code they like, already continue. actually have had models like at previous like toy fairs and toy shows and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So people have seen it. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. But then at um, least having they it might... after Comic Con means that like people will be home and they will be able to order it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, just generally a, a nicer amount of time. Like two months is as opposed to just the one month is a nicer amount of time for people to accrue that much yeah. money to or like financially plan to do it so that that was my first thing the second thing is like it's it's not so much of a story but it is something new as of the month of august that i, I just kind of wanted to talk about is uh i i watched the um i watched the first season of the dark crystal series on oh, netflix yeah. oh i watched the first two episodes recently yeah so i, I enjoyed it don't spoil anything because i i, I won't it so i won't far. spoil any i won't spoil it the only like the only thing I mean, that we i will kind say of know how it ends they all have to die right yeah, the only thing what that the I fuck? will say that is spoiler, I never saw the original. You should, you so it, see it. It's a nightmare. So for people who don't know, um, the Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance, which they put on Netflix recently, is actually a prequel series to the Dark Crystal movie from 1982. A masterpiece this, of puppetry. Yeah, well, puppetry. it's a fucking wacky puppet-based movie. Colin, I, I, I'm not going to tell you not to watch it, but I straight up do not think you will. I appreciate enjoy it. that. <laughs> Just because the show like, or the film, you know, or both. Uh, I definitely don't think you'll the, enjoy the, the film. show more than the film. Yeah, the show I, is better than the film. Uh, the characters are better. The acting's better. It's still very wacky, and like, there's only so much that it, you can watch it unironically while looking at the fucking stupid ass Gelfling Muppet faces. Because yeah. they don't like obviously as much as a real face portray a great amount of emotion. But getting past that, like the writing, the characters, it's all pretty fun in a sort of wacky sense. Um, the only thing I will say that it's not really like a spoiler, but that there is probably going to be another season of the show because it does not get up to the beginning of the movie where the beginning of the movie they like literally in the first few lines they're like the last of the gelflings yeah whereas the show is about like all the different tribes of gelflings and And they're very much with the skexies and they're (laughs) super alive and like i didn't realize when i started watching it that it was a prequel series i thought it was just a um I thought it was just like a retelling of the same story. Yeah. And then I was watching it and I heard that it was a prequel series and I was like, oh, oh, (laughs) they're all going to (laughs) die. Yeah. Fuck. Um, (laughs) But no, it's enjoyable. And like the thing that I actually like about it the most, which is like something that I don't see in a lot of like remakes, especially ones that happen like uh, about 40 years later, uh, (laughs) is that like it fucking translates really well. Like they updated all the puppets and stuff, but But everything looks the same. Yeah, it's got fidelity. What? Like all the characters look the same. And like they they purposefully use sort of like outdated technologies of like the, you know, making the puppets and making it a little bit updated. But like they still move kind of janky and like obviously their mouths would not be able to produce the sounds i'm doing a hand puppet motion right now for yeah. the audience although something <laughs> that, I, that i do think is that i do feel like they could in some it, with some lines i feel like they could have puppeted it better but like yeah. i don't know how the mechanics of those puppets work really i guess so yeah I'm but just like, some ass. Are you wearing the it? shirt for the play that you did yeah, a puppet? But it was a lot, a lot bigger. So it's, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was more of like a, 
No. <laughs> it was, I think it makes it a little bit easier to do smaller Do you things. think that based on this description, the audience will know what we're talking about? No. Which show? No, no. that does No, I, I mean, don't. Maybe some people who know us very well but yeah i don't go advertising (laughs) the things i did in high school in my everyday life on social media that no one follows this podcast follows so like (laughs) that's a lot of barriers um but i don't know it's like it's pretty interesting just because like you know obviously it's like all different voice actors but they picked people that recreated the old voices like really fucking well like some of the principal skeksis that were like kind of bigger characters in the movie the skeksis are the villains like they sound pretty similar and their puppets like i would i literally questioned for a little bit like whether or not the puppet that they used for the chamberlain was the same puppet yeah and i don't think it was also looks like it's like the same thing it's identical yeah like it literally you know it looks like the difference between a movie filmed like probably not the 80s because it looks older than that but like a movie filmed in like the fucking you know 60s or 70s versus a movie film now whereas like obviously everything is crisper the green screen stuff works better but like all of the environment and the stuff like the design of it stayed the, only, the same yeah which is like the only other something remake. that always irks me in remakes like you know fucking wolverine versus like the x-men movies where the fucking shape of the goddamn dog tag was yeah. different and like there was no fucking reason to do uh, i don't know yeah, they just had a really it's, good it's, and i would like to formally suggest that listeners right now compare this to uh fucking the lion king um, well, okay. that's a remake, so it doesn't have to stay the same. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know what yeah, because I mean? but maybe it should have. Uh, I'm okay with it. It's, <laughs> it's a different movie, and I never cared a lot for The Lion King. So I saw yeah. it in IMAX 3D. Uh, I felt more sad when Mufasa died in the new one because it looked like a real cat to me, and I'm like, I'm I just paid twenty dollars <laughs> to watch a cat die. Who am I? But, but like, um, it didn't look enough like a real cat compared to their general like fake live action animal standards yeah. <laughs> like all the live action animals in all the quote unquote live action animals in the jungle book really fucking looked like animals whereas in the jungle in, in lion king they looked like pretty impressive cgi i, animals, I got through the Un- to me valley a couple times but like talking but uh, yeah trying to and an- analogize the aesthetics the, uh, yeah like how to update aesthetics uh, when remaking something much later, it is true that a lot of like, okay, so Tron and Tron Legacy, for example, Tron Legacy does yeah. not look like Tron. It's not supposed to look like no. Tron. It was there are in, in Tron is very was... white with blue lines, and Tron Legacy is black <laughs> yes, with exactly. blue no, lines. There, there are a lot of like really important things. It feels very similar, but it doesn't look. You don't feel like you're watching the same movie. Yeah. Uh, Sonic Mania, I think, is actually another example of what you're saying with the Dark Crystal, where like on paper, like if you pick it up, you're like, oh, this is exactly like the game that came out 20, 25 years ago. But if you really look at them yeah. side by side, you can see how much care went into making those colors pop a bit more to make the frame rate a little yeah. better to make things more responsive and like change like it 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 looks the same if you're not looking super critically and i, I i'm always right. so impressed when people do that across large spans of time because you're right you have to use like different makeup technology different lighting technology to and then that doesn't always work with 4k camera technology especially when most shows on yeah. netflix are shooting digital versus shooting on film and that totally mm. changes the color <laughs> gamut and that it's there's so much that goes into it that like i'm probably not gonna watch the show 
but like that's encouraging like i like hearing i yeah, like hearing no, that it, someone like the whole that. thing is like if i could say one thing about it is like it feels very sincere to the original yeah right like yeah. updating the things that needed to be updating and keeping the things that needed to be the way they were the way they yeah. were bad qualities and all which is like <laughs> i enjoy i really am I, i'm appreciative yeah. of it yeah i mean it would have been horrifying to see uh oh my god like, like cgi, CGI yeah, no, very bad. <laughs> oh i was th- yeah also skexies yeah but i mean they're already horrifying so it's not like oh it's a different yeah. kind of horrifying yep. but at least it was supposed to be so uh i'm gonna throw in a couple of my things i'm gonna talk a couple small things first uh first also piggybacking on the netflix side of things um for those of you who are not aware uh the great british breaking show has another collection dropping on netflix which in and of itself i think people need to know because it is a show that people should watch but uh, uh, they are not dropping the entire season at once. And I haven't really looked into all the details on this. They're doing it weekly because it's a competition show. Each week, somebody gets eliminated. Right. And I will say, I've watched everything of the Great British Baking Show on Netflix. And I love each season. And I, like, have my favorites. And 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 the people who get kicked off, I'm always like, oh, that's sad. Um, but then... It all falls out of my brain after, like all binges do, where yeah. like <laughs> I don't remember the names of any of the contestants I really liked in the show, even though I know all their faces and like some of their best dishes. But uh, I'm kind of excited that the show is going to be weekly. Maybe this will stick in my brain a bit longer. They're going to be doing this with uh, this and another licensed competition show. Uh, and I also watch Patriot Act, which is another weekly show. So Netflix is sort of starting to diversify uh, their release schedules. And uh, I think that's going to actually make the experience better for some of these. Uh, watch Great British Baking Show. Yeah, it's very nice. It's very good. It's heartwarming and kind and better than any American competition show. Um, <laughs> that's not a particular. No, high it's bar not. In my it's, it's really not. And maybe that's why I'm like, oh, my God, a good one. One where it's not like, yeah, and it's I mean, like, go to a commercial break, and then it's like, somebody's gonna die! And then it cuts to commercial. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's just American, all-American competition shows just want to be WWE, and I'm not <laughs> sure why. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the there is, uh, Paul Hollywood does have a great American baking show as well. Uh, I haven't watched it because it's not on any streaming services, but I fucking Aww. bet you it's got it's it's, it's good, got yeah. like that survival style who's gonna get baked off the tent sort of thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Like they want to keep it as like super reality TV as possible yeah. and have all a bunch of interpersonal drama between stupid yeah. people. And, and the like, beauty of Great know. British Baking Show, there's no interpersonal drama. It's a bunch of people in a tent who love to bake and they all want each other to bake really well. <laughs> the tension is, are they bad at baking? And that's. So so much better than the editors thinking fucking Debbie and Patel have some ancient beef. So I don't know. Um, I'm very pro this. Uh, y'all should check it out. Uh, oh, there was another small thing I wanted to touch on. Oh, uh, another podcast I listened to, uh, Story Break. It's by Rocket Jump. So Freddie Wong and his uh, cadre of professionals. Um, they have VGHS a, yeah, VGHS people. people. They have a yeah. podcast called Story Break. And the concept up till now has been each week they have a topic and they have an hour to break the story for a film pitch, basically. And they've had some where they do very well. Their first episode is Legend of Zelda. It was pretty good. Uh, they also tried Sonic the Hedgehog. It was pretty bad. And as time's gone on, they've got done like over 100 of those. And they just changed their formula recently. 
and I I really think it's a cool thing to do in a podcast form, so I kind of want to spotlight it. Uh, they took their favorite pitch from all their episodes called Heaven Heist. The concept was uh, bec- there's something Freddie Wong is is uh, of Chinese descent, so he was talking about. Um, the idea that uh, when people die and go to the afterlife, people in real life will burn money and burn things with the uh, so that they will it's fake money, but like they burn it, and once it's burned, it is sent up to them in heaven. So the concept was a movie where people die and go to heaven to steal the money that people are sending them. <laughs> That's really it's a good. really cool idea, <laughs> and it was a great episode. And they've changed their format; they are now actually writing the script one scene at a time each week. So they're no longer breaking stories. They're writing an entire huh. film script uh, in a podcast. And it's it's like an interesting oh, cool. exercise in creative writing and script writing for people who don't always know how it works. It's a really cool behind the scenes of it. Uh, but I've been digging it. Story Break Season 2 Heaven Heist, super fun. Super duper fun. Really <laughs> good time. That's awesome. Uh, the last thing I want to touch on is a game called Control, which I have just started playing um it's looks so, pretty from all of the promotional oh shit. it's very pretty i'm playing it on the xbox one x on which it runs decently well um the thing is the game is so bonkers high-end on pc it's like one of the first like really effective uses of real-time ray tracing that like the xbox one x of the consoles is the most powerful uh, but if you're really going to get the most Wait. out of it you need a ridiculous pc because i think only the newest nvidia mm. geforce cards support real time. yeah wait colin are you telling me that um the most effective use of ray tracing is not uh like super ridiculous minecraft uh, <laughs> texture packs and like what's I'm on not, uh so real time ray tracing. Uh, think about the way light works in real life. I know that sounds patronizing, but I'd, I'd, I'd give me a second. <laughs> and I gotta say, I'm not sure if it would actually be a texture pack that you do the ray tracing shit with. I'm not no, sure but how there was all a there, Minecraft mods. There was together, a uh, but like I've seen images and it's disgusting. Oh, well, I think it's beautiful, but ray well, tracing, yeah, it is beautiful, but it's disgusting. I think like conceptually that like this much you're just oh, put it, putting that into Minecraft. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Okay. What's the, the thing? thing? Ray tracing is the idea that in a video game, usually things uh, rely on what's called volumetric lighting. Volumetric lighting is the idea that there's a okay. light source, and um, the way that the light reflects off of things is determined usually just by like measuring a space. And, it's all and that's, about the tone. Yeah, and, and so, so okay. a lot of times that's why shadows aren't very realistic because it's not like shooting a ray of light at someone and then it's being broken. It's that the entire space is being lit by the relationship between the light source and each point in the volume. Ray okay. tracing, just some funky geometry. Yes, ray tracing is the way light really works, which is there's a source and it shoots out light and in a direction. And it diffracts and it does crazy yes. shit. Yes, so real-time ray tracing means that graphics technology has finally gotten fast enough where in the response time it takes to play a video game, it can measure light coming off of a source and reflecting off of something the way it would water or a mirror or being broken by a shadow. So it's extremely Jeez. realistic lighting. Uh, and if there's a Star Wars uh, demo where they do a real-time ray tracing demo with Captain Phasma's armor because it's so chrome and reflective, and like it looks, it looks like movie uh. CG, but it's actually being rendered in real time. Uh, and ray tracing has been around for a long time in film effects, but it was never fast enough for games. And Control on consoles does not have ray tracing because they're not powerful enough for that yet. That's coming next year. But um, 
allegedly. But the uh, <laughs> that's the reason it looks so good on PC. But aside from the very beautiful nature of the game, it is by a studio called Remedy, and they made Quantum Break and Alan Wake, and those rhymed, and I didn't realize that till now. And the, the <laughs> they are known for crafting like very compelling narratives, things that games that are not so much about like, you know, Halo's got a good story, but you could mute the TV and just blow shit up. These stories are really made better by the storytelling, by the environmental storytelling, by the character performances. Um, and this is set in a building for, it's called the Oldest House. It's part of the Federal Bureau of Control, where they have all these objects of power that are related to an alternate plane, the astral plane. And it's just the game so far, I've played maybe about six hours of it. Just not even a total mindfuck, but just like so hard to get a beat on what's happening. It is creepy, it is atmospheric, and the shooting is fun. It's a third-person shooter, and you have Star Wars Force-like powers with telekinesis and like jumping from place to place. Um, I wish I could say more about it, but I wouldn't want to spoil it, and I haven't finished it yet, even if I could. Um, but the guys at Remedy know what they're doing. I really liked Quantum Break. They also do this thing where they mix games with live action. There are There was this creepy creepy fucking puppet show in the game where they're like it, it was like some weird internal propaganda for why people shouldn't take objects of power out of the bureau and it's just these disgusting puppets screaming at each other like <laughs> you're not supposed to do that oh, that's like dark yeah Crystal. exactly okay yeah. is that how they is that the same <laughs> the same technology um no it's 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 yeah, a very good much. game it's single player only but if you guys if anybody is like looking for a solid single player story um it is so easy to get stuck in sucked into this world. Also, it's like the building is brutalist architecture, so just a lot of concrete right angles, but they somehow make it so interesting because things will like shape shift and move and the spaces are like really fun to move around. I'm blown away. It seems like it should be very simple, uh, but it is so, so well executed. Control is great. Nice. Sounds fun. about good i want to move us into the ratings now though so we're going to talk about what we think the top story of the month is and again on scope i'm just going to put it out there whether i like it or not i think spider-man being ripped out of the marvel cinematic universe is the most culturally important thing that doesn't mean we have to make it our top story but i want to get that out of the way do you guys think that that deserves the spot or should we be the journalists we never claimed yeah to be? i mean i think uh in a perfect world i wouldn't want to give disney that much airtime <laughs> but we're not did. in a perfect world <laughs> yeah i mean like they they've put us in this position haven't they uh you know we have to we have to tell the people about what's happening out in the world and the things they're going to care about and you know a lot of people care about these video games and transformers but there are a lot more people who buy tickets to movies because they like movies or because they have children this is quite the research paper <laughs> anyway yeah no i'm i'm going with the all right the uh Sony Disney Spider-Man. Cool. No. Yeah. Views. Well, uh, I mean, that's two to one. Jeff, do you agree with that as being the top uh, story? E here's my response. Oh my god. You couldn't. You couldn't trust you. me to edit it yeah, in. You had I'm, to do I'm that to my to ears right now. It you couldn't <laughs> trust me to edit that in. You had to do that to my ears right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that sounded for you, and I couldn't hear your reactions because I had to mute both of you on Skype so that the sound could come out of my computer. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Is it, <laughs> no, is I it understand. worth trying to determine a runner-up since this was such a like? Such oh a yeah, it might. I'd be down um, for that. Well then, how how how's about this? Um, I'm I'm voting for Hero because Smash yeah, Bros. is such a reputable franchise for its sprawling but well-balanced sandbox and there are few games where so much attention is paid to the minutia of those balancing things on such a large scale that i can't believe someone at nintendo was just like <laughs> fuck it who cares just Break the game and then unbreak okay. it all in the same character. Man, <laughs> they do that it. with Pokemon on such a regular <laughs> fucking frequency that it doesn't okay. surprise me. I mean, yeah. I and I know that's not entirely like Nintendo, like you know, Game Freak too. But like, yeah, no, I. But I, I still agree. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, that's probably the second most important story for me this month. Is just like, yeah, that's you're, gonna, crazy, you're gonna have man. to try out Hero, and you may or may not have to enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't affect me a whole lot since I don't, com since I don't. Play competitive but i can appreciate for you know people who do how that yeah. could it just kind of throws a wrench and yeah. but it is also kind of humorous seeing people <laughs> get pissed off about it yep, no, it, sure is. <laughs> it, it oh. has resulted in some very funny clips at least from competitive matches like so you'll have the ones where the hocus pocus turns into the, the uh, kamikaze self-destruct thing and so like oh yeah someone ended up losing the match that they should have won because the kamikaze kills you before it kills the enemy or like mm -hmm. you know they get a big magic burst and oh Oh, everyone's dead except for them. But my favorite so far has been, uh, there was a, uh, this one where, uh, this guy shot himself. He used the ability that shoots you up into the sky and back down for, uh, on a different place in, in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, map on the stage. Um, and like, it just, it, 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 it like, it threw him right down onto an explosive attack that someone else was using. Oh my God. Like, and he had no control <laughs> over that. You just, you just hit that button and you died. It was, uh, so like things like that will be fun. How, It'll be less fun that's for how when feeling in Remnant sometimes, Austin, the game that you got me playing, which is like, it's a fun game, I'm enjoying it, but there are a lot of instances where the game is like, oh, you reload, so I'm gonna push you, but before you recover from the push, I'm gonna push you again, and while you're getting pushed a second time, I'm gonna cut you in half. And I'm like, I just needed another bullet. That wasn't very nice. <laughs> it's, it's all yeah, rough. That's, that's but anyway, I think that about wraps it up. So top story, Spider-Man out of the MCU. Runner-up, runner Hero up. is a fucking disaster. Uh, thank you for listening <laughs> to the Common Briefing program. I have been Colin Ketchin. Uh, you can find me online uh, at uh, at Sonic Colin K on multiple platforms, uh, and I'm joined by hey, Austin Liebers. Uh, we're doing the same thing. I gave you my full name, so you might be able to find me. Uh, I may also like have a real Twitter at some point because uh, Brooke keeps showing me things from Twitter, and I might just like go. To I've Twitter been trying to like I've been trying to and chat be with Pat a bit more, so if you could get on and like help me draw him out. Cause he tweets a lot about fantasy football and hockey, and I need to change the I need to change the dialogue oh on God. him. Yeah, <laughs> you need to <laughs> you need to drown out some of that with with more geek centric. Yes. All right, things. and you are strange uh, kind, yeah, sir. Yeah, you certainly don't know who I am because I didn't introduce myself in the beginning of the episode. Uh, my name is Jeff Levitt, and um, I've got an Instagram. It's called Things I Wish Existed, and there's a dot between each word. Hi, bro. Um, he, she can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell her i said hi austin he's muting himself to tell her that we said what? hello i don't get it <laughs> why is that why must this be verboten from us i didn't uh, want to interrupt you so i thought you could just keep doing your <laughs> outro that's thing. it, it was it's much more disruptive shit. to yeah, go silent it's, it's all gone to shit <laughs> um <laughs> yeah my uh 
that's my Instagram. I, I do like uh, visual art stuff cool. up on there, and uh, that's pretty much the only All place right. to really awesome. So we'll be back in two weeks uh, with... I know that things have been sort of like a drip feed lately, but uh, we will have one more episode that we have in the can from Comic Geeking Program. Next month, uh, we're going to have Jeff back leading a sort of a new format with Comic Geeking Program, and we'll sort of... Uh, we've touched on it, but we'll fill out more of the details then. Uh, Jeff, I am excited to see you uh, take to the stars, baby. Mwah. Um, yeah, I hope that works <laughs> out. <laughs> so, I mean, the... the the comic geeking program we're still going bi-weekly usually first third friday of every month um we also i just spent like an hour and a half today kind of cleaning up the website making sure stuff is current and a little easier to find commongeekingprogram.com uh, it's now also easier to find the other shows we have which are dice populi which is a tabletop game that a bunch of us make and it's a ton of work but it's super fun and how you doing which is a show i make with laura about how hard it is to stay friends as an adult uh, so check those out too, but the website should have everything you need if you like want to share the show. It's just, it's become a really easy landing page uh, for people to hop on board. Um, other than that, I am super ready to end this podcast. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll talk to you in two weeks. This episode of the Common Geeking Program is hosted by me, Colin Ketchin, and I've been joined by Jeff Levitt and Austin Liebers. This episode is sponsored by Ketosis. I haven't eaten bread in a month. Fuck everything. The podcast is created by myself, Jeff, and Patrick Brem. It is produced and edited by me, Colin, with original music also by me. We'll be back in two weeks with what should be the last episode of the previous book club format. And you can also check out more at commongeekingprogram.com where we have info about this show and Dice Populi and how you doing. Between the three, you're bound to find something you like and you can share it with anyone else who may. So please check that out and thank you for listening to this. Oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't like that. <laughs> That's a reference from the I, I gathered as much. I no still call. did not like that. <laughs> yeah, you're I don't not think you're like supposed to. <laughs> you watch the movie either. Uh. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'm going to stop my recording.